Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 110 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie. I'm here with my co-host, Mary. And today we're talking about sales pages. Don, you, Dan's got to insert some kind of music, I feel like. Yeah. Celebratory music. Is there sales page music? And if there is, Don, tell us what it is. It's money. It's the <gasps> clinking sound of money. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> yes. That's what it is. Don's got this repository of music. And since I started creating YouTube channels, link to be dropped in show notes, YouTube videos, I should say, linked to be dropped in the show notes. Don's like, you need music in your videos. And he's dead right. And he's like, go into my music repository and like whatever you need, because he helps produce and edit everything that I do. He's like, we can use it because you can use my license. I went in the website. I left the website. <laughs> It's like so overwhelming. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do good with a lot of choice like that. Mm -mm. No, it's like I couldn't ever decorate my home like from scratch. Like one of my friends, like each time she's moved, she's gotten like a a new like in a development or whatever, and you have to pick a million things. No, no, <laughs> I can't do no, that. no, no. This is why when when we started the when we when we started this podcast together, he sent us like five options and we picked one. Yes. <laughs> I'm very decisive when I have a narrowed choice, but I need often need others to narrow choice. Same for me. But yeah, money like cha-ching should go with sales pages. I love that. Yeah, because an effective sales page is, I mean, that's what, like a weapon. It is. It is. Yes. So good. And they're overwhelming. They're very overwhelming. They're long. Yes, they're long. They're long for a reason, you know, to like give people time to really look at what you have and to be very sure and, you know, all of that stuff. 
What's most hard for me is that I am a person that I've already decided if I'm buying and I decide very quickly. So basically, if like I'm going in, I'm skipping to the bottom. I don't need to read any of it because I've already, I'm never going to read your sales page. So, but it is very effective and necessary. And I'm not the typical consumer online. Most people want to read and research and spend the time. And so I struggle writing them for that reason. Like me, I read, I read through them. But you're smart. I mean, I skim, I skim it, you know, for like certain things, you know, certain things. I don't think you should. I mean, for me, I wouldn't make a decision only from a sales page. Obviously, you're like following the person or know them in some way already. But yeah, I do. I do look at them. They're important. So our guest today is Liz Teresa. Um, She's a total rock star. She has her own podcast, Liz on Biz. I'll give her bio in a minute. But the thing I liked most about what Liz talked about was she has a clear step-by-step methodology and she lays out every single step. I was furiously taking notes as she spoke. I'm not even kidding. There are so many actionable takeaways from this podcast episode. (laughs) I was like, you're incredible. You're a rock star. She's really fun to listen to. Like I had a blast talking to her and eventually I was like, all right, now we're best friends and I need to hang up and nobody wants to hear us talking for two hours about nothing. But she was great. It was, we we focused on sales pages. (laughs) And you say, now please write my sales page for me. I will tell you that if we were not sitting in the midst of a pandemic, she'd be hired like in a heartbeat. But right now, I'm writing my own stuff. (laughs) Yeah, most of us are. It's the way it's got to be. But I'm saving up all those people who I'm like, I want to work with you and I want to work with you and I want to do that. Yeah, I'm doing a couple of things right now, but very like specifically like small specific projects working with people. But yeah, I'm definitely earmarking some things too, because it's like you want to improve what you have also. Like I did my first sales page. Really, the first sales page I ever did was for the community. I hadn't done one before and it could it could definitely use some work, I'm sure, you know, but I've kind of edited it over time. But yeah, it's it's interesting when you don't when you've never had a sales page and then you start thinking about it and it can feel super overwhelming. Oh, yeah. It's so daunting. The thought of sitting. I need to write one. And the thought of sitting to write one makes me cry. But I honestly, I wrote down what she said. And I'm going to follow that methodology. And I think it's going to make it, it'll feel more manageable, because it's each step. So if I sit down, I'm like, I'm going to do step one today, and then I'm going to do it. And then I'll walk away. And then I'm like, okay, step two today. And then eventually it'll get done. I like, you know, we talked about with an Austin's episode, I'm also an edit someone who like brain dumps and then edits and then brain and then edits and edits and edits and edits. So it should be a process anyway, I feel like even after published. Right. Yeah, you can make it. Yeah, I may. I mean, even from one round to another, I made, you know, yeah, you make edits, you add information, you tweak things. I added more photos like as you as things change, you you add more and tweak. I feel like photos and video would be so key for you you know, making sure that you had all of that because yours is such a, a touch heavy um, service that you're selling product service. I always, I funny, I use those terms interchangeably because you are selling a product. It's just not a physical product. But yeah, I could definitely see that with the community to see all the people together and what we're doing. And it's makes it easier to like sort of visualize yourself sitting with that group of people. Yeah. That's why in the last round for the last event, I, I really miss I really miss seeing people. <laughs> I know, me too. But for the last event, I had photos taken, like professional photos taken, because I knew I wanted to use them and like 
upgrade what I had. Those were great. She did a good job. Yeah, they came. They came out really nice. That group photo was cool. We'll hug again. <laughs> yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, I know. We will one day. They're going to be day. good hugs. I just keep thinking that, like those hugs. It's it's like really, really letting us think about like all those things we miss and appreciate that it's going to make them that much better when we get to do that again, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, I agree. So I'm focusing on that. And I'm also, I had this talk with a couple of friends of mine. I'm just taking week by week. I'm like, I'm just week by week and we're good. We'll get there. And for me, I mean, being, a, being the planner that I am, when my plans kind of all unraveled and then now, now I've basically come to that too. I'm like, I can't, and it was good. I haven't like planned out. That's why you don't like plan out your whole like year or something anyway. But now I'm just like, my brain cannot handle more than it. It wants to try to <laughs> and like, no stop. <laughs> Only when we get a time. Cause we just don't know, you know, we just don't know. Exactly. Yes. I'm with you. Just waiting for schools to open. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Oh yeah. yeah. We're, we're all waiting for schools to open. <laughs> All right. So everybody needs to hear about sales pages. So let me tell you a little bit about Liz, and then we will get on to the interview. Liz Teresa, business coach and founder of LizTeresa.com has been helping entrepreneurs find clarity and uniquely market themselves with confidence for the past seven years through her strategic website design and clever copywriting services. It's true. She's clever. She wants every entrepreneur to rise and be the star of their own business. She's the founder of Concept to Creation, her flagship program in which she blends her role as both a strategist and website designer developer for her clients. Concept to Creation helps her clients bring their ideas to life online in the form of an irresistible brand and a captivating website. Liz lives with her husband, James, a U.S. Air Force veteran in the Boston area. When she's not working with clients, she's either recording episodes of her podcast, Liz on Biz, buying things she doesn't need at Target, here, here, or dancing like no one is watching, except they are at Zumba class. And now on to the interview. I am so excited to be here today with Liz Teresa. Liz and I are going to be talking about sales copy. I that excited me. I don't. I, it, I'm really excited to talk to you, Liz. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, yay! This is fun. Um, Liz and I <laughs> chatted once before because I appeared on her podcast, and I, we're definitely going to get all of Liz's information, and you can find out where to find her. But first, can you introduce yourself? Tell our audience who you are and what you do. Oh, I would love to, you guys. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I am the founder of a marketing agency here in the Boston area. I usually work with solopreneurs as well as small businesses, um, and we build websites. That's kind of like most of what we do, but we also help people just get clients and customers. I get so excited about empowering other businesses and helping business business owners become business leaders. It's it's kind of my thing. So I, I can't wait to be with you here today to talk about what we're going to talk about. I love that. So sales copy. I mean, we're going to, I think we're going to talk about a lot of things because you have such a great background in the building of websites and and everything that you do for people who are actually sitting in our audience. But I want to start with sales copy because particularly now, and when people go back and listen to this, we are recording this in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So everybody's online now and everybody's writing sales copy. And I 
hazard to say, and you are the expert, but 85% of people do not know how to write it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with that. And I think even the people that write it correctly can always do better. Yeah. So let's start off generally speaking. What makes great sales copy? So I think for me, it's when you don't sound like a robot. And I think that the worst thing everybody can do is the thing that everybody does. And this is what most people do that aren't writers and aren't copywriters. They'll go look at their competition. And I put that like in air quotes because I don't know, I have a hard time believing that. And I don't know, competition is such a funny word because I'm like, I can't think of anybody that truly competes against me because like I always attract the right people. That's not even bragging. It's just I've been doing this a while. So I don't even know what my competition is like. But I think the worst thing you can do, in other words, is to look at other websites and be like, okay, what did they say? Well, they used the word pedantic on their website. So now I'm going to use the word pedantic on my site because that's pedantic of me. Do you know what I mean? Like where they sound like books and not people. Yes. Yes. (laughs) terrible. It really is. I So I 100% have the same philosophy with you on air quotes competition. I feel the exact same way. And every consultant I've ever tried to work with in this area has been like, what does your competition do? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Gross. I hate them. I And it honestly isn't <laughs> like there aren't other lawyers out there. There are. There are great lawyers that offer services to the clients that I offer services to. But like, we do it different. And you either resonate with me or you don't. And that's okay. So yeah, I'm with you. So don't go look at other websites is great advice. (laughs) Totally. And like you even saying that you've talked to other professionals that are like, and I'm saying another air quote copywriters, because some copywriters will come to you and they will say who are your competition. And then they like go off in the woods to write copy for you and I say go off in the woods because they're not spending time with you and I think that that is like it's like a cardinal sin I'm like it's way better for me to sit down with you get to know you because that is what produces powerful copy is if it's going to feel like your brand it sounds like they don't get you or they don't understand that like philosophically don't understand why they should get you first well I'll be honest that's actually why I stopped pursuing it on outside of, you know, my internal, like me writing it or someone on my team, because every person that asked me that question, I'm like, nope, we're not a fit. (laughs) That's not how I do things. So it's very refreshing to hear you say that. So the first tip, the first mistake, the first way is don't go looking, don't read anything else. So how do you start? I like to say one of my favorite ways to start, because I think if I'm like, go sit down and write a sales page, you're like, uh, and then you're going to like sit and then you're like, going to be like, what if Facebook was more fun than this right now. (laughs) You'll just, you'll like forget why you sat down. And then later that night, you'll be up late because you'll be like, I didn't write my sales copy. And so I think it can feel like a tall order when you think of it like sales copy. So something that I love to suggest people do is to actually go to your email app. So like go to like Gmail or whatever you use for email and go to draft a message to like your best friend, not your target customer. Just like, don't even think about business. I want you to like send an email to your best friend. And I want you to tell them about this new thing that you're working on because sales copy is usually like you're launching a new product. There's some kind of a new programs whenever you're writing sales copy for the first time for something. Um, And so just explain to your best friend 
what it is. And what's wonderful about this exercise is when you're thinking about emailing your best friend, you're using your normal people voice and you're not thinking about your competition. You're not thinking about like, what should I sound like? You're not incredibly worried about structure yet. Um, And you're going to produce copy that sounds like you and feels really authentic. So then when the, when the prospective reader or the prospective customer gets to look at it, they might feel more connected because you're not going to sound like a robot and you're going to say things for what they really are. There's going to be more clarity because you're using simpler language. I mean, even in a most basic level and simpler language is actually best. Like you don't want more than three syllables if you can avoid it. Uh, so that's challenging for lawyers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. We don't. <laughs> I don't use those giant three syllable words. I, I can't stand it. This is such good advice. I've never heard this before and I love it. I mean, what, like, what in, I, that feels accessible, accessible to me. Like I could do that. I, I think I was talking to Don, actually, um, my producer the other day, and I was talking about something that I'm thinking about creating. And I like verbally vomited all over him about what I was so excited about and why I was creating it and what I'm doing. And I feel like I should just write that down. (laughs) Well, it's so funny. I I was talking with a woman the other day and she's extremely new to online marketing. And she was like, I'm not even sure what to say on social media. Like, I like every time I go to write something, it just sound doesn't sound like me. And I was like, what if you just like used voice to text on your phone in your notes app and like just recorded you talking about what you want to do? I go, that would even sound like you because it's voice to text. I mean, that's even like she has a baby, too. So like she's worried about like, when am I going to sit and write? And what if you just took out sitting? What if you just took out even writing and you just focused on speaking? Because copy is best when it sounds like you talk. That is the goal. That should be the goal. Oh, my God. This is incredible. I feel like I have a whole new lease on sales copy. So whole new life, right? Like I'm not so scared of it. Any I've been avoiding it. I, I, I just it's so outside my wheelhouse. So I've crafted this email or I've done voice to text or I've done something. And now I have something. Where do I go from there? <laughs> So then you start to think about structure, okay? So that is when you start to take what you've done. And and this is why writing that's messy is so, it's so beautiful because now you have, it's like kind of just when you make a sloppy joe, you know, like meat is just everywhere and it's spilling out of the sandwich. If you think about copy like that, you've created like sloppy joe copy and now we need to mold it into like a burger, of course. Okay, so this is a really gross analogy. This is an amazing analogy. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Like, as I explain this, I feel like I've used different analogies every time. One time I called it like a skeleton. And I was like, that's creepy, like a sales page skeleton. But it is. It's true. You want to give structure to something that's unstructured. With the skeleton analogy, I think I was like, you could have a pile of bones there. You got good bones. So let's make it into a human body. And the girl was like, this is interesting. Like, where are we? She's like, where are we going right now? I like all of this. So if you have a big pile of messy food, basically you want to mold it and give it some structure. So sales pages do have, there's like a common structure. Sometimes, um, I mean, there's there's copywriters who are extremely famous for writing really long sales pages. And so this structure will lend itself to like long form, but like it won't be so long you're upset about it. The fact is with most products and programs that we invent, especially in service-based businesses, what because you're being inventive, the structure is going to lend itself to educating your your ideal customer as to like what you're actually selling. So that's why there is a structure. And like, because you have the messy goopy writing, that's kind of the meat that will fall into the slots that I'm going to share with you. So of the structure, 
in an obvious sense, you want to start with the name of the product. And then if if the name of the product doesn't lend itself to explaining what the product actually is, like if you were just selling buckets, you would just be like, I'm selling a bucket, buy this bucket. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. But if you have a name for something like, I mean, like maybe like in your business, it might be like the legal bonanza. Although you never say that. It's just a funny thing I just made up. And then you're like, it sounds like a party, but obviously you're not selling a party. So maybe legal bonanza is actually like, it's a, it's a suite of resources that you can access anytime online to support you and your legal needs while you run your business. That would be your tagline. So you're going to have a product title. You're going to have a tagline. And then this next statement is the statement of solving. So like if the tagline doesn't explain how your product solves a problem, this is where you need one to two sentences to say who this is for and what problem it solves. That's like incredibly important. And it amazes me that people don't do that at the beginning. Like that's something that should just be snappy. Like if you had to be an elevator pitch, but you're a product, like a pro- an elevator pitch for a product, that's kind of also how you could think of it. Although I hate the words elevator pitch because it just sounds sad for me. I don't know. Just sad. Me too. Like you're rushing in an elevator as it's going down and no one's listening. And yes, I agree. Yes. And But I mean, if you did the Gmail step, like if you went and you emailed to your friend, you probably told them how it solves a problem. So you can actually just go back now and pull from your the writing that you've already done and slot it in polished into one to two sentences, but the meat is really there. After you've done that, the next thing that you want to do is you want to talk about sadness and pain. And now it started so happy. <laughs> the bonanza. We and, yeah, we were like, legal bonanza. That's how funny is that? I hope you never do it or that if you do do it, you have to like alert me immediately. <laughs> um, but then, of course, we've created this probably because there's some kind of a pain. Maybe there's a pandemic going on and you've, you've created a solution. No, I'm just kidding. If you have, that shouldn't be a sales page. That should be like a call to like your governor maybe to tell them. Um, But no, seriously, you would want to have the customer pain points here. So this is where you would want to put on a little bit of your business hat, because in your email, you may not have covered pain points extensively, but on your sales page, you certainly want to. What your email does really well is it's it's getting out the nitty gritty and we're going to get to that. Like you're going to get to a, the point in the sales page is actually right after the pain is where you describe the solution and you're saying, okay, that's why I invented legal bonanza. But before you can do the jazz hands, you really need to spend time in the muck and the sadness. I do have an exercise for this as well. So when you're thinking about customer pain points, I do have a fill in the blank exercise that I love to do with my clients. And it's called the I totally get you exercise or the IGY. I totally get you is I-T-G-Y. So sometimes we call this the IGY exercise or the I totally get you exercise where you're the I. So it's I, Jamie, um, totally get that you, my ideal client, feel a specific way think a specific way, experience a specific experience, or behave in a specific way. So feel, think, behave, or experience. And that is the blank. So the blank should encapsulate a specific feeling that your target market is facing that is like either symptomatic of the problem or like part of the problem. Um, Behave or repeated behavior. Like, I guess if you solve nail biting, that could be an example of a behavior. Specific experience, like I think in the legal world, it could be like, are tired of people copying your your genius because you spend hours writing your own sales copy, probably. And you know what I mean? Like, that's just an example if that were going to solve that. That's a specific experience. Um, feel constantly worried that like you're running around blind in the in the 
the corporate or the digital jungle that is business, online business. And you don't really know if you're protecting yourself. I mean, Tarzan ran around in a, like a loincloth. He wasn't really well protected. You don't want to be him. Don't be I mean, Tarzan. Be, don't be Tarzan. <laughs> you want to have like, I don't know, I'd want to be Xena, although she didn't wear very many clothes. But when she did, she was very, she was armored at least. And yeah. Very attractive. I would like to be Xena. <laughs> Everybody wanted to be Xena. <laughs> to order one Lucy Lawless please <laughs> no but this is where like what's so great about the I totally get you exercise I like to have people do this over the ideally over the course of a few days writing them for fun in your phone and feel free to get a little ridiculous because the more you write the more ridiculous they'll be but like in the ridiculous there will be gems and what you want to do is you want to just strip out the best ones take like five to 10 of the best I totally get you statements. And you don't need to use the turn of phrase, I totally get you. Sometimes on a sales page, people might say, have you ever thought this before? And it'll be like, you know, like quotes of thoughts that represent the problem. Um, or it might it might be something like, does this sound like you? And then you, the statement of the list of the problems. So however you want to present it, do it in a way that feels most natural to you. One time I on a sales page, I did like a screenshot animated conversation, like a text conversation where the, pro the one person was complaining and then the <laughs> a friend was responding and like, you should buy this thing. It was kind of cheesy, but I liked it. It sounds it's like on in my brand to do something fun like that. You can think about what feels the most natural for you, but that's definitely you want to spend time in the pain because the people pursue. What is it? People pursue the avoidance or no people. Yeah, people go for the avoidance of pain over the pursuit of pleasure every single time, which is kind of like, it's just a thing. People, no one ever goes for preventive medicine. People go to the doctor when they have a throbbing headache. Oh my God, it's so true. Like nobody, I mean, take your vitamins, guys. Anyway. Well, you can analogize that into the legal world. Like I hear from people when something bad happens and I've been talking for eight years about like, you can avoid the bad, <laughs> like just spend a minute. <laughs> and that's why I, you know, I'm thankful that auto insurance is required in the state of Massachusetts, because people just drive without it. And then they're like, I'm getting sued because I blew up that guy's Maserati with my bad driving. Can you imagine how expensive that Maserati's I think they're $300,000. They are very expensive. Yes, you do not want to bump into one. <laughs> no, because like even most insurance policies, like your property damage coverage is only like a hundred thousand. I only know this. I used to be an insurance agent or actually I still am a licensed agent, but I'm not actively insurancing anymore. I'm just keep my license. But yeah, no, it's true. That's getting into the insurance world. I didn't know we were going there. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> please don't hit a Maserati if that's all you get from this conversation. <laughs> Extremely bad situation you could get yourself into. But yeah, no. So, oh, so we talked about the pain, right? Did you have questions about the pain? No, I, I, I love what you're saying. Because normally I think a lot of times either people spend too much time writing about the pain and you're like, okay, now I hate this so much, I'm closing it. Or they avoid it completely because they don't actually know what problem they're solving or they don't know what their clients need. Yeah, you need at least a short trip to Bumtown, you know, where you're sad. <laughs> Love it. But you just, you don't want to be the Debbie Downer, so you don't live there. That's why I'm like, aim for five to 10 statements. And this is just to let people know they're, on, they're in the right place. It's like validating. All right, so we're leaving. We're leaving Bumtown. We're not. We don't want to be sad anymore. 
So now we got the jazz hands because now you're like, dot, 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 I have a solution for you. And I'm like, this is where you have your legal bonanza. And you're like, enter. Like, I get it because I, you could, this is sometimes people say something like, I get it because I was there too. That's why I created the solution. Like, if you want to think about it, like in writing, if writing could sing and a Broadway musical, that's how it would sound. And so, so yeah, so this is where it's like, this is legal bonanza. And then that's where you offer the solution. And then this is where you get to really talk about your product. Sometimes at this stage in the game, it would be really cool if like you had a video here. Like a lot of times people are like, I'm good. I was told to add a video to my sales page. So I created a video and it's really just you being like, hi, this is a video. Do you like it? <laughs> Buy my product. And like, it's just awkward. But like the best place to actually have a video is to like demonstrate or explain deeper about the product alongside copy that does the same thing. Um, This is a really good spot for being a video, for having a video Um, and also introducing people to to yourself too. Assuming that not everybody comes to your sales page is a repeat customer. Although we love repeat customers. They're like the best at spending money. Thanks guys for buying stuff. But no, uh, this is a good spot to have a video. This is what I also call the nitty gritty. So this is where you've already written it. Um, you can go to that email. Usually we spend a lot of time. We're just casually talking about the thing to be like, we're telling, we're telling our friend about all the cool features, right? We're like, yeah, I have this thing called legal bonanza. I'm like, I'm, I'm selling it to my clients um, and anybody that wants help with like not being a total idiot with their with their legal needs and deciding to not stick their head in the sand and maybe not have sandy hair, right? You could be really <laughs> playful about this. And that's who this is for. And what's so great about it is like, I'm there for them and they get a call with me every single month. And then they also get so many hours of doc review every single month. You could think about some other inclusives and now maybe they're in like the legal book club and we're all going to read legal books together. I don't know if there's a legal book club. <laughs> Who knows? And they're in my Facebook community. Legal bonanza. Then like every like Thursday night is a happy hour dance party. I don't know. I'm just making it up. But these are like a list of all the different features. And so this is where you'd want to list out all the cool things. As if this, if you think about even like, yeah, think about it like features. I think that's the best way to think about it and just pull them right out of the email. And I really prefer bullets at this stage in the game. So like if you can make this bulleted um, and have some visuals, like audios, audio visual, like it could be a video or, or at least some kind of graphic representation. That's great to do here. Um, throughout your sales page in terms of aesthetic, because I can't help but think about that stuff because um, I'm also a website designer. You also want to make sure that throughout the sales page, you have pictures of people. This is a thing people miss because I think that they think like if they use photos of themselves, it'll look like they love themselves. And I would say that happens some of the time because some people really do love themselves. <laughs> and like, it's only them. It's not you. <laughs> if you're a normal person. It's not going to feel like that. So, but make sure you have pictures of people throughout the website because otherwise it's going to feel extremely sterile and strange and odd like in no man's land you want it to be human in some way so that is part of it is having pictures of people throughout your sales page and then of course throughout as well some of these throughouts are important you always want to have your your buy now button the easiest thing to do I mean sometimes putting it at the top can feel kind of forceful but like what I like to do as a website designer is have like a sticky bar at the top that's always with you when you scroll that says buy now and it'll skip people to the buy now because sometimes when people get there they already love you and they're like take my money I don't know they've already decided and sometimes people go to sales pages a kajillion times before they're ready to buy now so it's good to have the shortcut to get there but yeah I think that that's my favorite way to do it is to have a sticky bar but yeah so that now we have your nitty-gritty are you ready for what's next yes 100 percent. let's do it this is amazing social proof 
social proof baby so like if you're a fancy pants person social proof can come in a few different ways um so by fancy pants i mean like maybe you've been in forbes entrepreneur and other things that would impress people that's where you want to say that stuff like today's show gma although on gma every time i watch it they're singing and dancing i'm like this is this news even now i'm like it's a cartoon show it's not what it used to be when many years ago and then george is there i'm like you're a serious journalist what are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. He's it's they're fine. They're not going to sponsor Liz on biz. Maybe not this one now. So I, I'm sorry. I just removed your sponsor. <laughs> Look what I did. I lost GMA because of you. We're going to edit this out completely. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. They know what they did. They know what they did. But this is where you would want to put your social proof. So press logos, of course, not just sitting there, but as seen in would be nice to put next to it. So people understand contextually why they're there. And it should say be like around the graphic representation of your business. Maybe your logo is there repeated be like this program is is coming to you from hashtag legal and we've been seen in all these things and then you'd also want testimonials so that's the other side of social proof it's like pr plus testimonials it's whatever is is your association with the public so to speak and and then some industries i know you can't have testimonials if you're a investment management person or a cfp a certified financial professional there's so many things that like you can't have testimonials is one of them certain types of like naturopathic doctors can't have testimonials so like this is not advice this is for entertainment only right (laughs) like always check you know whatever is appropriate for you but uh, most people can have press um so you got to do something here to up level your cool factor um aside from social proof another way to up level your cool factor is to also talk about certifications and any life licenses you have that make you more educated and more expert than somebody else. If you can just drop your Harvard here, you know, <laughs> you know, how people have a habit of doing that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think I've seen that recently, actually. I I've seen that recently. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, if you're going to drop your Harvard, you drop your Harvard here. Um, Not in the beginning. Make- don't lead with you. it. <laughs> Yeah, you could just be like, hi, hi, I went to Harvard, but I also have a product. You're like, okay, guy, I know what you're doing. Yeah, you could, I would say don't lead with it unless you want to be Frasier from the 1990s sitcom Frasier, because Frasier used to always drop it. I think he went to, did he go to Harvard or Yale? I think he, he went I, to Harvard. I forget, but yes, you, he always, that's so funny. He always yes. used to go to Cheers. There's like nothing more off-putting to me than dropping the cert early. Yeah, don't drop it early. Drop it like at, the, at this stage of the game. And the reason why you want to do it here is dum 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 because your payment section, the thing where, that gets them to buy stuff, the pay button, that should happen after you've elevated your status to like the cool table in the lunchroom. Because it's that's where you're kind of, what the social proof does is it's conveying trust. It's not just saying I'm special because I've decided I'm special. It's saying I'm special because these press People think I'm special. These other clients think I'm special. These other thought leaders said I was cool once. You know, like this is where you've already conveyed the trust. And now next to trust is where you're like, now give me your money. And now now at this stage of the game, it's not so weird. Um, If you ask for the money at the beginning, like I said, it can be kind of weird because it's almost like you met them and now you're like, will you marry me? And they're like, I'm not ready for a commitment. But at this, if they've come to this point in the sales page, they probably are. Um, ready to commit or not. And so that's where you have your pay button. 
And then after that, you have FAQs. And then, in my opinion, you can be done. Sometimes other people do things like where they make it go on and on to repeat the, repeat the same pattern or offer a VIP bonus upgrade. Some I, I've been known to do VIP bonus upgrades because sometimes it's really fun to do that. To, but like, I, I think you don't need to. This is the this is the basics of what needs to be in place. I uh, I'm a scroller. So once I get like, I'd say a third of the way in, I'm scrolling to the bottom. <laughs> so yeah, and I know a lot of people do that, particularly when they see something that's much too long. You're like, Oh, my gosh, I can't read all this or look at all this. What's a way to easily break up the text? So you so you don't have like a wall of text? Is, is it the visual things you were talking about the pictures or the video? Pictures and video bullet points are also your friend. And anytime you have text together, you never, if it feels like a wall, you've probably written too much. But I would say if like you use the email to your friend, I feel like you're writing just enough as an example, as a thing to pull from. So as long as you're pulling from that, you're going to be leaning on the simplistic and leaner side anyway. And sometimes I think too, people write too much because they feel like they have to be defensive of something that's new. So they're like overcompensating, but you don't really have to do that either. Oh, that is interesting. Okay. This is, um, this you're awesome. I just, Hey, I try. Awesome. This is so, it feels so much more manageable. Um, and like something that you could, if you wanted to try to do it on your own, which I'm a big proponent of, let's understand the basics, but then let's find someone who does it well. (laughs) So with that being said, um, is there any other tip or trick um, as we wind up that you could provide our audience that you think you didn't get a chance to mention? Well, anytime you write anything, be it an email or like social media post or copy to this extent, always read it out loud to yourself after you write it, which you'll make it'll make you like feel weird and dumb. But what's great about it is that you're going to catch things like as you read, if you find yourself tripping over your own words, it means that you went to you got too complicated. And if you notice that you're tripping as you're speaking it, as you're speaking it, that you can imagine your ideal customer or client, they're going to be reading it in their head and hearing the same trip as you. That's great. That's actually the advice that I used to give to my law school students about editing really long legal documents is to read it out loud. Yeah, it's the best way to edit anything. um, Because your brain fills in words that actually aren't there or fixes typos um, when you're reading it in your head, versus when you're speaking it out loud, you will catch more typos that way. Way more. I totally agree. Yeah, that's a great tip. So tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you, um, and what kinds of, I know you mentioned the services that you offered, but please feel free and mention them again, because I think you are an unbelievable resource. And mention your podcast too. Oh, yeah, you guys are so many ways we can have fun together. Um, I'm at Liz Teresa everywhere on the internet. You can also find me at LizTeresa.com. Um, my podcast is Liz on Biz, which you can learn about. You can find that anywhere you podcast or go to LizOnBiz.com to find more about that. Um, I also have a free copywriting training video. So if like this just got your copy nerd all excited, your inner copy nerd, everybody has one, you can go to FreeCopyVideo.com to download that and you could just have yourself a whale of a time. Oh, that. You are awesome. Thank you so much. We will drop all of those links in the show notes as well. I appreciate you taking the time and you definitely made me less afraid of sales copy. Yay, that's the goal. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, I'm taking her notes and updating my page. (laughs) 
right? Yeah. So yeah. good. I'll share my doc with you. I've typed them all up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Look at you go. I'm telling oh, you. Oh my goodness. I know. Who am I? This anymore? is a moment in history. Jane is sharing her notes with me. <laughs> It's not the sharing part. It's the fact that I don't take notes. <laughs> uh, well, that, yes, exactly. That's that's what I meant it to be focused on. Yes. I figured. <laughs> I'm a big sharer. I'm a big sharer. You are. <laughs> you do. Thank you. It's just not usually notes. <laughs> I know. It's food or drink or words of encouragement. Yeah. Words. You share words. Yes. They're just not typed out. <laughs> It's a new world order, Mary. So we would love, <laughs> right? Yeah. We would love to hear about your sales page experience. Do you love them? Do you hate them? Do you have an amazing one? Can you share an example with the crew? Let's do a sales page thread. Yeah, that'll be great. I want to see people's sales pages. It's nice to see like creativity and how people, yeah, do things differently. I love that. So if you don't know where we are, we're at home, but we're also on Facebook, Fearless Business Podcast HQ. Uh, you can find us at the fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And since we all know you're home sitting, listening to podcasts, leave us a review, please. We love you. We love reviews. See you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.